You are listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break, episode number 96. Today, I get to interview my beautiful wife, Lee Lu, and she has a company called Buy Lee Lu. So if you don't know Lee Lu yet, you should go check her out on Instagram, Buy Lee Lu. She's always helping wedding photographers and other creative entrepreneurs with design, with websites, with price guides, with all that type of stuff. And her design stuff is next level. And yes, I am very biased. But she works so hard. She's so talented. She's built a beautiful team. They have an amazing studio space now. They're they're just doing, they're hitting all the goals. I really wanted to get Lilu on this podcast episode because so many people ask me, how do I work with my wife? And how does that relationship look for you guys? Because we're both creative. We both run successful businesses and we both are always out and about doing everything. So I think today is going to really give you an insight to how that we work, even with little things. We talk about money. We talk about how we don't share bank accounts and things like that. So it is really exciting. Hey, Before we get into the show, I want to give you the big news. The Wedding Photography Summit is coming up just in a couple of weeks, 25th, 26th of May, PST time. And we have a couple of headline acts. So I want to announce it right here so you guys can get excited. Yes. And I know the rumors, people have been writing to me. Is it true? Is it true? Yes. We do have entrepreneur Gary V as our headline speaker at the end of the summit. So it's so exciting. We've got Gary V, we've got Jose Villar, we've got Stephanie Fisher. We've got so many amazing people. I'm not going to read them all out right now. One, because I don't have a piece of paper in front of me to announce everybody. But two, I'm just too excited to be saying too much. But it's going over two days. It's $7. There's VIP ticket. That's $47. We halved it from last year. Last year it was $97. Last year we had 8,000 people show up to this thing. This year, I want to double it. I want 16,000 people showing up to this thing. And we halved the VIP ticket to make it even more accessible, but also just to push ourselves. Because I know if I just charged the same, did the same thing, we would have made great money and we would have known what we're doing. And that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to grow. I'm here to push things. I'm here to inspire and to motivate. So I thought, you know what, if I'm going to double the amount of attendees, let's halve the price to really push ourselves. Because if we don't get near anywhere close to those attendee marks, like I'm just going to be losing so much. So I want to make sure there's enough tension for me to have enough skin in the game to be like, okay, let's go after this relentlessly. Let's make this the biggest, the best, most incredible two days of your life. And I can't wait to bring Gary V plus all the other speakers. And that's it. If you want to head over to weddingphotographysummit.com, get your tickets. VIP gives you my pricing calculator. It gives you extra training, extra coaching calls with me. It's $47. Like seriously, gives you 12 month access to all the videos. Like, yeah, you're living the dream. You might as well get on that. So I won't waste any more of your time. I can't wait to see you at the Wedding Photography Summit. And I want you to enjoy this episode today with Lilo. The most requested person for my podcast is Lilu. Everyone's always asking us, can we please do a podcast episode together? I'd love to see, you know, a little bit more into Lilu's business and what she's up to and 
how we work together as a couple and all that kind of stuff. So today I want to dive in and talk with Lilu. If you don't know who Lilu is, she is my partner in crime. We have been married for a while now and it hasn't been long enough, as I always say. It's really exciting times for us right now because we are running this summit. So Lily's speaking at the summit and she's also moving into a new studio space and she's scaling up her business and she's doing so many uncomfortable things as a creative entrepreneur. And I think there's so much value in this conversation for all the listeners out there right now because there's so many people that want to get to a space where they feel confident, where they can hire someone and can do all the things. So, hey, Lilu, how are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm um moving into a studio space this week. So it all feels a bit hectic, but it's good. So much work. Hey, before we actually, we're going to get onto that because I really want to dive into how that makes you feel and everything. But before we do, let's go a little bit into how you made your break and tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Yeah. So I run a graphic design studio and I do branding for photographers and videographers. And I also make products to really help these businesses as well. So these are template products that photographers and videographers can buy um, that are pre-made and have like all copy beautifully laid out, all the branding already in there, and they can just go in it and customize it for their business. So yeah, that started like last year. And I think that's where my business kind of like took such a different turn because I wasn't doing like services it was like products and services now. So it's like pretty full on. I'm still just getting used to it. There's so many products that I always want to produce, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. That's so cool. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about how you made your break? Because I know last year you've started scaling up with products, but I know it hasn't been this big and this easy for you for, you know, ever. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I got into it if like any of the listeners don't know through uh just so Jai and I started Free the Bird together. He really wanted me to be like a huge part of the business. So we started it like that with both of us in the team. And I <laughs> I wasn't even doing graphic design back then. And I created his first logo. He actually got some branding off another graphic designer and we weren't really happy with it. Um, and I was like, I'll just do it. Like, I think I can, like, you know, I've drawn since I was little. I've always been really into art. And I drew, I hand drew the logo. Luckily back then, like birds were like really in trend, you know, it was like 2013, like everything was like put a bird on it. So I had a bird on it, of course. (laughs) And luckily back then, like all that really hand-drawn design was in. So like I drew this like gray lead illustration and put some really bad font with it, but it worked back then. or so I like to say. And uh, yeah, after doing that logo actually for the business and uh, doing all the design, then I went to do graphic design. And coming straight out, because we were already had the photography business, I knew I wanted to go straight into uh, a studio and not uh, my own studio, I should say, not uh, work for a studio, which um, was pretty bizarre at the time in uh, like in uni because they really push you to like they're training you to uh, put together your portfolio so you can present it to like all these studios to get hired but I was like no I really want to have mine so as soon as I left I remember I begged you to (laughs) redo your branding because it'd been like three years because I wanted to work with other creatives and I thought like this would be great I'll I'll uh, do it with you and um, yeah I put my heart and soul into that branding it took so long to create like obviously my skills weren't that great out of uni but I like made it really detailed made sure like everything was perfect that I was really happy with it and I guess like putting that much effort in and then 
yeah, putting it out into the world. I guess I was quite lucky in like the feedback that I got from that. And that's where that started. And then after doing, I think it was like three years of just branding, I was having so many people inquire about uh, like graphic design or like website design or like their price guide, but they really couldn't afford it because they were just starting in their uh, photography business. So that's when I came up with the idea of these products and it was kind of like running through my head for six months. I remember I was like telling all my friends how like I was going to like make these price guides and they'll have like copy in them and you know, they'll just be able to purchase them and I'll teach like whoever the user like how to like go into the design. But I had like zero time. Like I was, I've always been so behind in all of my graphic design jobs, but I've always like, because I was uh, spending so much time on these graphic design jobs, I didn't have like a heap of money coming in from them either, even though I was like always booked out. So I knew that I had to hire someone to get these products out. And that was so scary because I think I had $5,000 in my bank account when I hired Jess, but I just had faith that these products would work. Like I knew my market. And I knew that this was something that was missing and that my business was missing. So yeah, I took the leap and I hired Jess and yeah, it's been uh, over a year now and I just hired two more people. So going good. (laughs) It's so incredible. Hey, just going back a little bit of a flashback. You did my branding for Free the Bird, but do you remember when we first started our first business together, which was called the Buddha Belly Cafe? And you actually did the branding for the Buddha Belly Cafe. I don't know if you remember that. (laughs) Yeah. Flashback. (laughs) Um, I was actually thinking about that today, like, you know, going on here and talking to you. I thought like, what, be asked, like where I started from. And I was like, I started from, you know, doing that logo for Free the Bird. But actually it started before that at Buddha Belly. Mm. (laughs) This is terrible. Like everyone who's listening, any graphic designers, I am so sorry. I know about plagiarism now, but this was when I was like 19, had no idea. We was, Me and Jai started a cafe together and we're like, we need a logo. The uh, cafe was called Buddha Belly. It's a bit of a cringe name now. And a friend told me that, <laughs> this is so bad, if you change 10% of a design, that it's not plagiarized. So we like grabbed this clip art off like online. We just grabbed it. It was probably, I don't know if they're selling it or not, but we just ripped it offline and then changed 10%. That does not mean it is <laughs> no longer plagiarized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not how plagiarism works. It is way more in depth than that. So yeah, that was like the first logo that I guess I created, but actually just ripped off the internet. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny, isn't it? And it's so funny, like we both grew up, you know, very similar and we started that business and we had no money, we had no resources, we were so scrappy, we were so uncomfortable and we literally did what we could to make our own break with making our own logo, doing our own designs, renovating, getting friends in. And when I look back at it now, it's kind of the building blocks for everything that we've done because even now, like you're, you know, scaling your business and you're employing people and we got so many of the mistakes out of the way early on and it's allowed us to sort of be free and to grow. So right now you're actually really excited because you're moving into a new studio. Yeah. I actually wanted to go into that because you said like, how do you make your break? Like to be honest, like, and this is why I got the studio as well. Like going into the scary zone pushes me. And when I hired Jess, I was like, I have someone's life (laughs) like their wage every week their income is relying on me and it pushed me so much further and when I say push I don't mean like work around the clock or like stress out like it just made me think 
like how can I bring in that extra money and trying to work a bit smarter to like make sure that that would always come in. So a year later, like Jess is in the business now, we're all super comfy. And the studio again is that scary jump, like so, so scary, like two new people, a studio space, like decking it out. I've never had my own space before. So yeah, I'm definitely in the scary zone again. (laughs) Do you think it's really important to keep putting yourself in that zone? And do you see a lot of growth every time you get into that zone? Yeah, I do. I feel like it um, helps me shift my brain into, instead of just like, how can I make the same income each week? Is it pushes me into like, how can I make more? And yeah, like pushes me into, (laughs) I will do everything that I can to make more. Cause I, I can so easily just like, I'm not like super great at going on Instagram every day. I'm not very good at being, I wish I was like a little bit more addicted to it, but I can so <laughs> easily go like quiet on there and um, yeah, just get really comfortable just doing like my design jobs every day and yeah, not really pushing like advertising and stuff like that. But now it's like, makes me think like, you know, cause there's always so much more that you can do like Pinterest ads, Facebook ads. Like I can be like reaching out to podcasts and like getting them to interview me. So other people find about out about the products. I can be reaching workshops. Like I don't do anything like this now. And I know like, because there's, I don't know, this huge chunk of, uh, advertising that I'm not doing, like hopefully the studio will, the studio is going to be that push. Like I don't have a choice now to not do it. Hmm. So I guess it's like, thinking like that. Do you think there's a lot of creatives out there right now that resonate that with that and they're thinking, man, my list is so long and I'm also holding myself back as well. Maybe I should push myself and get into the uncomfortable zone and see if I can grow. Yeah. The reason why it's like two new people and the studio is because I'm going to need two new people to do all that extra advertising, uh, get all these extra products out. So yeah, I do think that people can become um, really comfy. Yeah, so that's so exciting. And um, I noticed that you picked out furniture and your heart set on this studio space that you found <laughs> on the studio space that you found a little while ago and you've been always looking around. How important do you think it is for you to have a space to be inspired in and to be surrounded with like filling up your creativity with your surroundings for your output of your work. Jai and I work very differently. You and I work very differently. So Jai (laughs) could work in a cardboard box for all he can. (laughs) I could work in the back of the car. It doesn't matter. (laughs) And lifestyle as well. Like Jai could live anywhere. Like I get really depressed depending on where I live. Yeah, my surroundings like really affect me. Maybe I'm a bit more of an empath, whereas Jai, I think he creates his own surroundings. Like if he sees that like people aren't happy around him, then he'll like bring up the room. Whereas I feed off people sort of thing. So yeah, we work so differently like that. And surroundings definitely inspire me. And I was saying to you a few days ago is like a part of me growing and wanting to grow my business. Like my idea of success is having this beautiful studio, whereas someone else's idea of success is probably maybe like keeping that money that you'd spend on the studio rent and like the furnishings for it Mm. and like buying something else. Like I think it's really good to always know what your idea of success is because, yeah, ours is quite different. So, I'm yeah, it's kind of good that we have like the separate businesses and we have separate income as well, which I think helps us be able to like just live out our different dreams, which isn't always. Should um, we actually talk about that? <laughs> yeah, that isn't always applicable for uh, for, for everybody. Yeah, especially people with kids. I think. 
I think it's really interesting because it's something I guess a lot of people don't do and they wouldn't talk about because people don't talk about money. And I'm always talking about money on my podcast because it's one of those things that we need to talk about a little bit more. But we earn our own income and we pay ourselves our own wages and we have separate bank accounts and we keep our businesses separate. And when Lilu does some work for me, I'll pay her. When she does some work or her employees do some work for me, she sends me an invoice and then I pay her. And I think it's really important to keep our professional relationship like that because then there's no tension of like, you're doing more for me or I'm doing more for you or or like you shouldn't be spending your money and you feel guilty about the money that you earn and that you make and what you should be spending it on. And we both have different dreams and things like that. So I think it works really well. And at the same time, like we support each other. So if you, know, if you ever need money and I ever need money, it's not like we don't give each other money, but how do you think that system works for you? Yeah, I think it um it definitely works for us because we're both quite generous. Whereas like I guess if you were in a partnership where one person was really generous and the other person wasn't, it'd be super hard because like one person would always be like shouting and you know that's what brings them happiness, but then they're actually supporting the other one because they're so generous with their money, mm. but we're both very generous. Like I brought you that $10,000 car. <laughs> <laughs> I was still really broke and like you've taken me on holidays and stuff before. So yeah, I think it works well like that. And also it works well because Jai one day will be like, do you think I should put a hundred grand on this? Like this is this new investment that I thought of or this new like business idea. And if that was my money as well, then I would be like, shit, no, like I've got too <laughs> much to lose in that. Like it took me ages to save that amount of money. But now I'm just like, that's your money. That's your choice. Like I, you know, I've got my own money and my own savings to to rely on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because we both sort of think about it like that. Like I think about, you know, the money that you have and then how we could be investing it, but I'm never talking about that kind of stuff. And you're always seeing me put my money wherever because I'm trying to grow and build. And I think everything's in line a little bit like that as well. So just thinking about, imagine if you were with someone that was wasteful of money and then they had credit cards and, and they were getting debt and all this kind of stuff it would be really hard to separate because you need to look after, but and having it together as well would be really hard because then like one person could be doing more work and then the other person could be doing more spending and whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it really works for us. And it, some people find it bizarre. Like we've never shared a bank account. Like and when we're married now, like three or four years. And um, yeah, we've just never, never had that, never shared money. I guess our relationship never started like that. So yeah, it just kind of worked like that. So moving on, I know right now, like we're getting ready for the Wedding Photography Summit. And this is going to be something huge that we're working on. And there's so much behind the scenes going on. You know how stressed that I've been getting and the team's been getting and Morgan's been getting. Morgan's over there trying to work on lights right now. Like there's there's just so much. And then so one of your employees is actually helping us with the summit right now to get us over the line because I guess like a lot of people don't realize how small we are. Like we are, you know, we run big things, but we are just a, such a small little team. And then we have to work with each other to make things happen. But with the Wedding Photography Summit, are you sort of like gearing up and bringing more like products and getting things ready? And are you really thinking about what can help the community and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So we're releasing three new websites and price guide templates, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it <laughs> is a lot for us, like a whole website. 
every one of the websites has three templates in one, so three layout designs for every page in the same design. So it's a huge job and just making sure like everything's perfect. So yeah, we're releasing that. I think you and I both are going to have some pretty sleepless nights leading leading up to the summit. (laughs) But yeah, I'm hoping to be a bit more organized this year because it was like actually I think like a week where I was staying up till maybe three in the morning and getting up at like six or seven to make sure that everything was out in time. So yeah, there's definitely the summit creates that like deadline for the products now. So yeah, I've got no choice but to have them already in time. It's funny because um, for you, like your milestones and everything that you do is like, you know, you want the new studio space so you can work somewhere. So you're more inspired and you can harbor a community with your employees and things like that. And I think for me, always the definition of success is like how hard can we push and how big can we do and how many people can I bring into what we're doing and stuff. And I think like right now you're moving into a new studio and right now I'm building out this new summit and we're both so uncomfortable for so different reasons. And then we can really talk about it and jam on it and support each other about both things. How do you feel about that? We're both always pushing ourselves into <laughs> into an uncomfortable zone. Like I think it's been always been like that for us. And we're quite lucky like that as well because our work does take over our lives a lot of the time. Like it's pretty hard for Jai and I to have a conversation that's not about business. We just get so excited about our businesses and talking about it. So, um, yeah, it's, I guess it, it works for us because we both are pretty obsessed, but if someone. We're both obsessed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were like in a relationship where I guess someone wasn't like super inspired by what they were doing, it would be, be really hard because we do talk about it nonstop. Yeah. How do you go working with me? Like, I know you've worked with me for a long time in a studio together. We started off. Every co-working space I've been in, you've been there next to me, like every place that we've worked. This is the first time that you're moving out. But a lot of people, sometimes they say my energy is too intense and they don't know if they would want that in their life. I love working <laughs> next to you, not with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about like that dynamic. Yeah. I guess that's why I went into graphic design when we started Free the Bird together. Cause like you're quite dominating in like your opinion ideas. So it is hard to work with you on our like <laughs> same leveled field. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's, there's definitely that reason why we like, well, I moved into another business so I could have that. Also, like I'm so driven to like have my own baby and grow it. Like I guess like I'm almost stubborn to a flaw where like I won't ask you for help like mm. financially or like physically for help because or like even like some business idea that would help me <laughs> because I want to do it on my own. But yeah, I definitely get inspired by you. But um, I definitely like you have no off switch. Whereas like (laughs) I get to a time of day and I'm like enough, like my mind is literally blank, numb. Like I just go into like some dream state where it's like talking to a brick wall and you're still like, I got to do this and this is all happening. And how exciting is this? Like, I think like every single day you wake up and you're like, are you excited? I'm like, no, I just woke up. I'm not excited. (laughs) I got to have a coffee and like slowly move into my day. But you just like wake up like on. I'm ready. (laughs) So yeah, that's pretty intense. (laughs) (laughs) I think the only way it works is because we're very, very vocal and um, we communicate really well with what we need from each other. 
And that's like so important. So like even if it's little things like how we talk to each other, our body language to each other, we always talk about like as well, like um, we had this conversation like a year ago. It was about how like I always try and tell you that you can do anything. And I felt like you didn't do the same to me, but it's not like you don't believe in me. It's just that you didn't realize, I guess, that I, I was putting in like, you know, that was a conscious decision that I made to make sure that you always felt like that. And totally. after we had that conversation, you're like, oh yeah, I should do that for you more because what's the point of you amping me up all the time if I'm not doing the same? Mm. I think we work really differently and there's something that you said there that I want to touch on and that's you are relentlessly stubborn with not wanting my help, which is amazing because I'm a business coach. So I think a lot of <laughs> I think a lot of listeners would be like probably thinking like, oh, Lilu, she's so lucky she gets so much help, you know. And I think I want to break that myth because the, all the success that you've grown, you've done it on your own. And yeah, I'm being there and I've been supporting you and stuff like that. But you're very independent. You know what you want. And even if you don't know what you want, you know that you don't want my help. And I think you always make the right choice. And I listen to you so much. Like I'd say you're my biggest advisor on business because when you have an opinion about something, there's always so much weight on it because I don't know why, but it always seems to like work out. So for me, I probably get more help from you, to be honest. So it's funny because I think from the outside perspective, it'd be like, it'd be easy if you're with someone that's a business coach that can teach you business. But in reality, how our relationship works is like, I don't really bring that to the table because not by choice, of course, but I'd, I'd actually say that I probably get more from you than you do me. Yeah. I don't know what to say to that. I feel like maybe it's a bit of a floor of mine to ask for help. Like, I think I struggle asking for help from anyone. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's something that I have to... I, I mean, I do ask for you for like specific things, but also you're telling me things all the time whether I ask for it or not. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's also why I don't ask. Yeah, this is too much. Yeah, and I feel like if I open that gate, it'll be like <laughs> a freaking floodgate. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm always waiting to open that gate too. I'm like, come on, open that gate. I've got so many ideas backed up that are just like, I'm waiting. To be honest, like people <laughs> contact me sometimes and they're like, I'm like so happy in the business map. I'm so inspired. Like Jai always comes to me with so much energy and I like write back and I'm like, thank God he has the business map because now all that energy is going there. Like all of that energy used to be put onto me all the time. It's too much. Like, yeah, when he, so Jai does, some group calls and they'll go for four freaking hours. Like he's just talking nonstop for four hours to a room of, I don't know, like a hundred people or less. Like this is in the business map group and uh, everyone can ask him anything. And he has to be on the ball for four hours answering all these questions. I'm so glad to come home sometimes and he would just be silent because he's all worn out. Mm. But it's such a rarity. Like it takes a lot for him to get worn out. Yeah, those days are pretty crazy and I'm so tired afterwards. I'm like, man, there's so much energy. So, yeah, in answer to your question of like, I don't know if it was a question, but about my stubbornness is I think I already get so much. It's just like. What about like, um, because everybody learns differently. Everyone gets different coaching, different mentoring and stuff. But so you're stubborn not listening to me, which makes a lot of sense because I'm your husband and like, that's not what you want. But 
Like, are you kind of like in the headspace now where you're like, I know to grow, I would love to get a coach and I'd love to find someone that I resonate with that works with me, that matches my energy or like join a mastermind or like, is there something where you're thinking like there's somewhere you could grow? No, not right now. Just because I always feel like 10 steps behind with like all the products that I want to create and the the marketing I already know I'm behind on. Like, I think once I got up to like, a standard where I was doing Facebook marketing, like Pinterest marketing, like more on Instagram. I had all the extra products, like not just the website templates and the price guide templates. Like there's so many other things that I want to create. If I'd gotten to that point, I would then be like, what else can I do? I don't know if that's wrong though. No, I'm not saying that's wrong at all, but I was just wondering like if you're getting to the stage where you're like, I would actually love a coach in my corner or someone. I think I'd struggle to find the time, which is I guess there's a falseness to that because like you have a yeah. business coach and you have just as little time as I do. So maybe it's an excuse. I don't know. I definitely think that there would be <laughs> there would be like so many annoying things where you're like, of course, like that simple little thing would like get me like X amount of extra. And, mm. you know, it took like such little amount of time. So it's funny though, because I can't really teach you or do those type of things because... I feel like I already have a business coach though with you. (laughs) So maybe that's why it is as well. I'm like, if I was to like hire one, like, couldn't I just ask you the same question? Yeah, it doesn't really work like that though. I think you need to find someone that matches your energy. So they kind of flow with you. But what I was going to say is like, I think like with business coaching, sometimes I forget where you're at at your business. And so I try and give you like 10 steps ahead of where you need to be. And so I think I've just been really learning how to be more patient, but also make sure I always meet people where they're at, not where I'm at. And I think like for the last probably eight years, I've learned that by getting the feedback from you of saying like, that's too far ahead. Like this is where I'm at right now and this is where I need to go. So I think that's really important. But um, also like with a coach and stuff like that, a lot of the times we don't think we need them or we don't know we need them mm-hmm. and we're too busy. But then the thing that keeps us too busy is the thing that we need a coach for. Yeah. So then we get out of being too busy. I think my fear of going to a coach would be for them to not listen to like my actual goals and what my business is like because it's it's not exactly a graphic design business uh, because I've got products and it's not a graphic design business for everyone as well. It's just for ph- photographers and videographers. And I see like a lot of graphic designers that have courses out there and I see a lot of photographers that have courses out there, but I've never seen one that kind of does like the same thing that I do. And I guess I'd be worried like, do you learn about people's businesses that come into your, yeah, of course. I guess with like your one-on-one mentoring is like you go over exactly like where they're at and like where they want to go. So I guess that's that's what I would want to do. Yeah, like if you so with the business map is a little bit different because it's group coaching. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like come in and then you're putting in your questions and then you're like referring back to your business, which is a much more affordable way than actually having a coach that comes in and is going to like restructure your business and see where the flaws are and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's it. Like if I saw a designer course that was also like for products and, you know, was like particular for my business, like, heck yeah, I'd love to jump in that Mm, and like learn with everyone, like have a community to grow with for sure. Mm. Cool. So can you just tell me like, um, I just want to go back to, like what we're talking about before with hiring people. 
I know that you said you had $5,000 in your bank account when you first hired someone. I know so many people listening right now, so many people inside like even the business map or my sailors, they, one of the questions they always ask is like, how do I know I'm ready to hire someone? How do I know that I could delegate or outsource? How do I know if I'm ready and if it's the right thing to do? Like how did that come about for you? Jump in the deep end, just see like, I mean, what's the worst that is going to happen that, you know, down the track, you'll be like, sorry, you no longer have a job here. Like I wasn't ready yet. Like I'm sure they'd be stoked that they worked in your like business for that amount of time. Like I, uh, yeah, there's, there's no shame in like quote unquote failing. I mean, as lame as (laughs) the quote is like, you only fail if you don't try, like, you know, it's, It's so true. Yeah. Failing to try is definitely failing. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess I would recommend like anyone that's like thinking about hiring someone and thinking that it'd be like really useful. Also, I think like I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, oh, I really need a VA. And I was like, well, why don't you get a virtual VA? Like, why don't you just hire them for like an hour here and there? And that like blew her mind. She's like, I can do that. It's like, you don't have to hire someone like full time, like put Mm. them on a full time wage. They don't even have to be in the same studio as you. Mm. Like you could like outsource a lot of your work as well. Yeah. So how did you know you were ready? I guess I'd been talking about it for so long. And also I talk about this book so much that it's getting embarrassing. But um, I really love the book. You are a badass at making money. And I think I said this in the last podcast, but I was reading that and it like, I like read it over and over again. Seriously. Like you're a badass at making money and I recommend it as well. I, yeah. lo- I love that book and I've got all the sailors in the business map. They've all been reading it as well. It really just like expands my mind on what I think could be possible in my business and really going for it. Like full force. I think I love it as well because a lot of business books are like, get out there, be bold, be successful, make money. But this is like pretty (laughs) holistic. And it even goes into making like money a spiritual and a purpose-driven thing as well, which uh, feels uncomfortable to say money still for me. I'm still working on that. But um, yeah. Money, uh, money, money, money. (laughs) (laughs) Like I grew up thinking money was evil. So yeah, I guess like reading that book and really just being like, well, if not now, when? Like, And she talks about like hiring people, making yourself uncomfortable mm. because that will push you to grow. So yeah, I'm always looking for, um, for ways to grow and make myself uh, uncomfortable. I hope for the rest of my life, I just keep growing and developing as a person. And I think like business is a really cool way to do that because you have to keep growing. Like every time your business grows, you personally have to grow. Like if you listen to this podcast compared to my last one, you'd probably notice that I'm a bit more chatty. <laughs> like yeah. I've grown in a year's time. And people don't realize like there's no such thing as a business that's sustainable that just stays flatline. It's actually impossible. It's either growing or it's dying. Yeah. It's like expanding or it's contracting. And that's yeah. just how it is. And so right now, like a lot of people don't realize that, but it's like you need to ask the question, am I contracting right now or am I in growth mode where I'm like reinvesting and I'm expanding and, you know, putting more energy into it and things like that. So it's one thing to think about. And I know right now, like I'm obviously every year I've been on growth and that's, that's why my business always grows because I just know that's where I need to be all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Agree. Yeah. So one thing, this is, this is controversial. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to ask your opinion on this, but like one thing for myself is I don't actually believe that you can fail. There's only one way I think people can fail and that's like giving up. And I Mm. think when people give up, they fail, right? 
And it's so interesting because I'm asking these big questions about like you're hiring a studio and you're doing all these things. But when I look at it, like as a supportive partner, it's funny because I think a lot of people, if you had a supportive partner, they'd be like, well, if you fail, you should do this or you should do that. And people set themselves up to fail. So they actually, like most people, most people will always set themselves up and they'll prepare for failure. So the way they do that, they'll say like, well, if it doesn't work out, save some money for a rainy day or or you could scale them back a few hours or you could just sell the furniture and move out or you could go back to your last job, whatever it is. So a lot of the times we're always preparing to fail, mm-hmm. right? And when you prepare for, to fail, like it's, it's easy to fail. It's easy to give up because you've already put the plan into motion and now you can just follow it. But I believe not enough people equip themselves for success and they don't think enough about success. And because a lot of times, like even me saying the word success and you saying the word money, like it cringes you out a little bit. It's like, oh, success. Okay. But really it's like, why do we put so much emphasis on failure? But then when it comes to success, we try and shy away and not talk about it. We don't want to make people feel bad or we don't you know, whatever the reason is. But just going back to my point here is I don't actually believe you can fail and the only way you can fail is giving up. So I think you can go all in, like if for myself, like the energy that I have. So if I was going to do something scary like that, I know every day that I've got a new fresh hand of creativity, of energy, of so many resources, even if it's not money, and I can go all in on those so hard until I fall asleep. And then the next day, replenishes and I can go all in and I can keep going. And as long as I I don't give up on that dream and I don't mind being uncomfortable to, you know, make that dream work, then I just can't see how I can fail. Do you feel like that when you're you're taking on these bigger adventures? Yeah, definitely. I don't know if it's equipping myself for success. I haven't thought of it like that. Well, you haven't really thought about a backup plan. Yeah, I've definitely planned to fail. I've definitely got (laughs) no plan B, maybe to a fault. We'll see. (laughs) <laughs> but um, I remember when COVID first hit, I was like, okay, this business isn't going to work anymore. Like photographers have no money. That means they have like no money to put into their business. So we were like, you know, we'll out at breakfast one day and I was like, should I go and work at the mines? And I was like, I guess I should start working with other people other than photographers. Like, I don't know, should I start like some products or something in another area? So I think that there was like a mindset for me to pivot. Mm. But um, yeah, like there's definitely no plan B. <laughs> I like personally, and you know, you know me, you know that I hate plan Bs. And I know like safety nets, all that stuff. I'm like, man, you're planning to fail. Stop planning to fail. And I hate saving for a rainy day. And I hate all those things because a rainy day is going to take your money. Yeah. So let's not use our money for a rainy day. To be honest, I was <laughs> thinking about this the other day and I was like, if I had a hundred grand, I'd literally invest it in my business. I don't know if that's a bad thing, but like I've got, <laughs> like, I guess that's my success is like my business being successful. Mm. Uh, like I really want it to grow and to be like larger than I can possibly imagine mm. because yeah, like that, that success for me, if like I have a flourishing business, the business itself is the success. And yeah, like I'm definitely all in. with it. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not saying for a rainy day, but the thing is like, if you're equipping yourself with full success, right? It means you have the confidence to know if there's a rainy day, you're not going to use that money because you've already invested in the business, but you're going to pivot. Like you said, you're going to learn how to 
You're going to be able to make new money. You're going to make a new plan, a new strategy, and you're going to use energy and creativity. And I think you can have that in surplus, like I was saying before, every day it's replenished, Mm -hmm. which tells me that if I've got that every single day, then I don't need the money because the money is the thing that's going to make me comfortable, complacent. It's going to make me contract, try and keep, try and save, try and hoarder, all those things. And when I get rid of it and I invest and do something bigger like the summit or like, you know, hiring more people, investing in things, it makes me show up harder, work harder and um, create more opportunities for people and and stay in that growth phase. Yeah, I think always like reaching out to your clientele as well and like really seeing what they want and keeping in contact with them. Like a great way, like I don't know if um, any of you guys do this, but like a great way to really like see how your clientele talk because using like language is such a big draw card to making your clientele feel comfortable when they like land on your Instagram or on your website and also seeing what they're looking for is like going into uh, Facebook groups and like jumping in there and seeing like, you know, what are people like trying to search for? What are they wanting a uh, photographer or videographer? And also I guess like going to like wedding fairs. Like I think if you always know what your clients want, then your business can't fail and it's definitely going to grow because you're serving people's Mm. needs. And that's like what a business is. It's a service that like is needed or loved and like photography, you can be both. Absolutely. So let's just finish it off. Are you um, excited for the Wedding Photography Summit and you've got some good stuff coming for for everybody? Is everybody should everybody be tuning in to what you nervously talk to everybody? I'll definitely tune in and uh, <laughs> hopefully I'm not too nervous. Thanks, Jai. <laughs> um, I'm going to be talking about the anatomy of a good website. Mm-hmm. I am so scared about the Wedding Photography Summit, not uh, in particular the talk. Like I think that I'm like really excited about that, to be honest, because mm-hmm. um, that was really fun last time. But just like getting everything prepared before then and like, you know, moving into a new studio, like getting all these products out. And um, yeah, the timeline scares me, but I'm <laughs> so excited for it. Like I love doing it last time. And um, yeah, it was so good just to like interact with everyone and see everyone in there enjoying it. Like it was so much fun. And just talking about getting out of your comfort zone, the last summit with 8,000 attendees is the first workshop you've ever talked at and it happened to be the biggest workshop for photographers in the world. Yeah. My, so that, um, was a, that was a big one. My talk was pre-recorded and I was still nervous. So mm. yeah, I think I'll be a bit better this time. That's awesome. Cool. Hey, have you got any last final thoughts or advice you want to give my listeners? Any value or things to think about when they're just you know, thinking about going after their dreams like you are or getting uncomfortable like you do or anything like that. Yeah. Or working with your partner as well. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's never a right time to like expand your services or go into a field that you're curious about or hire someone. Like, as I said, I had $5,000. Like if, I think if you think about it enough, like I really go off my intuition And if you're thinking about it enough and you can't stop thinking about it, that's a pretty good sign that it's time. Like your passion is there for it. So it's, uh, I feel like if your passion is behind it, it's pretty likely it's going to succeed. It's like all going to be okay. 